Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm your host, and I'm a transformation specialist working with retailers to drive transformation efforts forwards. I'm delighted to be with you for this episode. This one is episode 238, number 238. I've just returned from Shop Talk Europe 2023. It was a superb event bringing together the retail industry, both retailers, vendors and experts as well. We had content sessions on a huge variety of topics. There were 20,000 planned meetings that took place and of course plenty of meetings by chance as well. It was fantastic to catch up with a number of different people, both familiar faces and catching up with a number of new connections as well. And if that was you, I am waving to you right now. It was a pleasure to catch up, share a drink, talk, shop, (laughs) so to speak. And I hope you had a fantastic time at the event as well. And across the three days of Shop Talk Europe, there were so many different conversations to be had. And what I wanted to do in today's episode is step back and just think about some of the key themes and some of my personal reflections based on the sessions that I went to and the conversations that I had. Before we dive into that, I want to just quickly let you know about two new services from OB&Co, my retail transformation consultancy. The Accelerator and the Navigator are designed for retailers and retail leaders to help drive transformation. So first up, The Accelerator is a hands-on consulting service to propel projects, programs, and other initiatives forward, driving meaningful progress and delivering results. And on the other hand, the Navigator is an expert advisory and coaching service to help you and your team steer through the uncertainties and ensure that your transformation journey remains clear and on target and aligned with your strategy. Now, of course, in our crazy and chaotic world, both services are fully bespoke and fully tailored to your unique challenges. So if you are looking for the support or the guidance that you need to really maximize the likelihood of achieving your transformation goals, then reach out. You'll find me on LinkedIn. Feel free to send me a message or ping me an email, oliver.banks at obandco.uk and find out how the Accelerator and the Navigator services can drive your retail transformation forwards. So diving into five key themes, key reflections from Shop Talk Europe, those five just very quickly are the importance of test and learn, the emergence of Gen Z or Gen Z, the questionable relevance of the metaverse, the potential impact of AI, and the challenge of transformation. So let's start at the top. Let's think about test and learn. This was a phrase or a mentality 
that came across in so many different sessions, particularly on stage, but also in conversations as well. This is fantastic. It's brilliant to hear so many different retailers recognising the uncertainty in the world (laughs) and taking a flexible and an agile or a dynamic approach. And this experimental or exploratory frame of mind, as I say, was in so many different sessions, whether it's thinking about how companies like BP are recognising a shifting consumer dynamic as drivers switch from petrol cars and diesel cars into EV and thinking about the different customer experiences involved. Or whether it's French department store, Printemps, taking on so many different transformation directions with a view of seeing what works and learning and adapting and evolving. And plenty more as well, I might add. And what I found really refreshing is that perhaps for the first time at a a big event, I've heard retailers openly say, we don't know the answer. We don't know what's exactly right. And firstly, that takes a huge amount of humility, right? And openness to literally say those words. But also to say it on such a visible stage is very influential. It really encourages other retailers that perhaps are not quite at that stage yet to recognize the importance of this flexible, curious mindset that Test and Learn represents. Now, to be honest, Test and Learn is nothing new. This mindset and the approach has been going on for quite some time and even pre-COVID. For example, I'm remembering the brilliant conversation with Ian Shepherd back in episode 45 and 46, as we were talking about reinventing retail for what at the time we called the new normal. Little did we realise what was around the corner, of course. But nevertheless, test and learn was a crucial and vital mindset to take into what's an increasingly volatile market. And it's exactly the same right now. Given the uncertainty, given the unknowns, and given the complex and ever-evolving nature as well, right? This approach is absolutely essential to find the way. So if you're not already thinking about test and learn and how you represent that in terms of behaviours and language within your culture, I would suggest that's a highly valuable moment to start to think about what does this mean for us? How do we test? What does that mean for us? How do we encourage it? How do we help people overcome the fear of failure? It's often one of the big barriers that stands in the way of this test side and then the learn side. How are we recognizing what we are learning? Sure, you could run lots of tests and lots of experiments and it would be very fun and energetic and consume a huge amount of resources, but you might not find what you need to find. It might mean nothing, right? So how do you really capture that? How do you take a a more scientific approach to your experimentation, perhaps? And how do you make sure that there is value, whatever you find? So let's move on to our second topic today. And that is Gen Z or Gen Z, depending on where you live in the world, right? (laughs) There's been a huge amount written, spoken and thought about when it comes to the emergence of this younger generation for retail. We used to be all about millennials, right? They held the centre stage for a huge amount of time, but certainly based on Shop Talk Europe and other events, millennials are definitely old news now. (laughs) And the focus is absolutely 
on the younger generation. We haven't quite got to Gen Alpha yet, the next set of consumers and colleagues as well. But ultimately, my big takeaway when it comes to thinking about Gen Z is that we're not talking about one group of people here. Not all young people are the same. And I think in our era of, should we say, hyper-personalization, it would be a real mistake to lump this enormous group of consumers together for strategic thinking purposes, as you are designing new marketing campaigns, as you're thinking about the next set of customer propositions that you're going to develop. You cannot group all of these people as one thing. You need to think about the individuals, right? There are different attitudes and different shopping missions that ultimately are really what is shaping the behavior here. And sure, there are some aspects that are more correlated to age, you know, elements like wealth, for example, life stage, but definitely not exclusive, I might add. So think about, you know, where are your ideal customers hanging out? What social platforms, what real life platforms? As individuals or smaller segments, not as one big group, right? What are they going to that platform for? How are they engaging with each other? What's the language they're using? What's the humor that they're using? What are the emojis that they're using? It's really interesting how the evolution of emojis is changing through different generations, but also different time spheres as well. You know, what does your brand mean to the different individual consumer segments? And how are they valuing different aspects, whether it's luxury or value or sustainability or ethics or convenience or any number of different factors? How are you segmenting your customers? I'm sure it's not just by age bracket. And if it is, there's a big opportunity there for you, right? And it would be worthwhile if you haven't already done this, speaking to your colleagues in stores or in customer service centers to understand Who are the type of customers that they engage with? How do they differentiate them? What are the important differences that they recognize between different groups or segments, right? So whilst lots of people are still talking about Gen Z, I would heartily encourage you to step back and think more broadly about your ideal customers. Maybe you're looking to target younger customers for a particular reason. Great. But it's probably not an exclusive offer either, right? You know, you probably want to think more about the attitudes and the mindsets and the behaviors that those different customers are exhibiting based on the mission that they're on. I'm reflecting back on the fantastic conversation I had with Richard Hammond and Rocky Howard in episode 68 and 69, I think it was. I'll put those links on the show notes for you, by the way, where we explored the differences between how very demographically different consumers can actually behave in similar ways with the same mindset. I am referencing several different fantastic episodes from the podcast archive of the Retail Transformation Show today. So if you want one place to go to catch all of those recommendations, then head over to the show notes at obandco.uk slash 238. And whilst you're over on those show notes, do sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. This is my weekly email newsletter that gives you the rundown in just a few minutes of how retail is changing. New innovations, new insights, new initiatives from around the world 
plus a few different techniques and tactics that you can put into practice straight away. My aim with the Retail Transformation Briefing is to help keep you up to speed with our ever-evolving retail market. Plus, it's absolutely free. So what are you waiting for? Head over to obandco.uk slash 238 and sign up right now. The next theme to reflect on today is the metaverse. 2022's hype topic, the big buzzword of last year. But right now, it seems that the common feeling is to dismiss it. Yes, it was hype from last year and we all got overly excited. And now we recognize that actually there's nothing in it. But I think if we are dismissing it, it feels like we're missing the point. Hear me out. Cast your mind back to 1999. 1999. Do you remember the millennium bug? (laughs) How long ago was that, right? But that's where we were, right? We were worried that the whole world was going to explode because clocks weren't programmed to go to the year 2000. And in the UK, Tony Blair was the prime minister. And he said at the time in 1999, there is no doubt that electronic commerce is going to have a profound effect on business, government and consumers and on the way people live and work. And by the way, we still called it electronic commerce back then, apparently. So, you know, go figure. (laughs) That's how long ago it was. But then he continued. It's disappointing that a recent survey of directors in the UK showed that only 2% of UK board directors believe that the internet poses a serious competitive threat. We just didn't see the full scope of what e-commerce and the internet would enable. And the metaverse is much like e-commerce was way back when, you know, 25 years ago sort of thing. It's exciting and confusing all at once. It's easy to dismiss. You know, people didn't have easy internet access. We were still on dial-up, not thinking about super fast fiber broadband, right? And then we all questioned, why would we buy clothing online? How would we know if it fits? And then we'd have to return it. You couldn't possibly buy food online. What if you don't get nice fruit and veg or produce, right? You know, there were so many different factors, in fact, that we dismissed back then about e-commerce. You'd never do this. You'd never do that. Sure, I might be able to be persuaded to buy a book or a CD or maybe even a DVD from an e-commerce company that I have heard of and am familiar with. But our mindset as consumers was very naive back then, right? We couldn't possibly have imagined where we were. And so as we think about the metaverse, just remember what you thought of e-commerce 24, 25 years ago, right? So as you start to think about this more deeply, you know, also challenge yourself. What do we mean by the metaverse? Is it a 3D world that you have to access with a full VR headset? Is that what you mean by the metaverse? Is it a place for a community to gather online? Is it a gaming environment? What is the metaverse? What does it mean? I would argue that given the community aspect is so strong, you could say social media is a form of metaverse. Take LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn exists within its own little bubble. Of course, there are interactions with the real world, and that's going to be true for the metaverse too. It's just social media today is predominantly text-based or maybe a few images, right, as the interaction. But ultimately, it's achieving the same purpose, right? 
you know, and there's lots of factors of the metaverse and you can blow it up and we could discuss this for a huge amount of time, right? You know, will gaming lead the way? Yes, of course, it already is. I'm remembering the conversation that I had with Hilmar Peterson talking about how EVE Online, an online game, has brought a community together for real world interactions and for retail opportunities as well. Fantastic conversation there. You know, is there scope for the metaverse to be more than just gaming? Yes. Is it for everything? Probably not. But it depends, right? Is there a value in having a community, having a particular passion about a topic, you know? Are there companies throwing huge amounts of cash at the metaverse? Definitely, yes. Hopefully they're taking a test and learn approach, right? As we explore and experiment and find our way through. Just like there were companies throwing huge amounts of cash at e-commerce back in 1999. Yes, the dot-com bubble was just around the corner just then, but it didn't mean people weren't investing and seeing a huge opportunity. So don't discard the metaverse, is my suggestion. It's not going to be everywhere tomorrow, right? But I also don't think it's going away anytime soon. So monitor this trend. Challenge what value it holds for you, for your brand or your retail company. And of course, what value it holds for your customers. What's the aim of the metaverse from your customer's point of view? Why would they want it or not? And then the technology, aka the metaverse, whether that's a 3D world, a text-based world, whatever. The technology is a solution which can be applied to solve that customer need, right? So I think there's still life in the metaverse right now. I suspect we could be coming back in five or 10 years time and still talking about it in a huge amount more detail, thinking how silly we were to proverbially throw the baby out with the bathwater back in the year 2023, right? (laughs) I've got another episode about the metaverse, episode 172, which was exploring more about what the metaverse means. And in that episode, you'll find other links talking with some metaverse experts and giving you a different slant to help you understand the potential. So from 2022's buzzword of the metaverse, you have to say AI is 2023's buzzword, right? Everything seems to be so heavily focused on AI right now. And based on conversations in particular, there are some big mixed feelings with AI, largely mirroring the wider view in the world with the likes of Elon Musk and others saying AI is bad, it's out of control, it's going to take over without us really realising and intentionally applying the right ethical policies and the right use cases and so on. So on one hand, you have this feeling of out of control and reining in this technology before it evolves out of our control. And then on the other hand, people are recognising the huge opportunity that exists for retail. And there are loads of use cases, and especially when you're thinking about generative AI, which of course exists beyond just ChatGPT or similar. You know, obviously there are some fairly obvious use cases around product descriptions and advertising copy, building customer service recommendations and responses, recommending products, but also then some new evolutions around product development and how You can use different generative AI tools to explain what you are trying to do with your product development and find a quick way to concept drawings, for example, or what Levi are doing with developing model shots for products. 
taking into account a diverse model base. I've got my own views on that particular initiative, which we're not going to dive into right now. You've got companies like Carrefour developing avatar videos, 3D avatar videos and digital influencers, essentially helping to share different perspectives. You've got AIs to help get a better product fit for different clothing. Or, of course, AR mock-ups for homewares and home improvement products. Or dynamic pricing. And then there's all sorts of AI under the hood of different automation options, robots, drones, you name it. There are loads of use cases. And in the future, we could be talking about many more, as I'm sure these different case studies come out and as the technology develops, pending whatever restrictions we as the world decide to put on it. You know, whether it's developing manufacturing drawings and specifications, designing machinery to produce those particular garments or items, developing individual personalized website graphics and assets for an instantaneous full website makeover for an individual customer based on their behavior or their preferences or perhaps their buying history. Personalized videos to help envisage yourself engaging with a product. Could you see yourself wearing a, you know, a red top, for example? How could that personalized video show you wearing that red top so you can really see, does that work for me? Will we see stores being fully designed by AI and merchandising plans and layouts, physical or e-com, all designed based on stats, strategic intent? local competition, and a huge amount more, right? It's funny, research by Red Ant at the recent Retail Technology Show showed that a huge number of retailers are feeling like they understand the opportunity with particularly generative AI tools. My view is that we have barely scratched the surface on AI. Increasingly, the limitations are from our own imagination, not the technical capability. And our own imagination has to be inspired by evolution. We have to see something and then think, oh, this could be better because of this, or we could also use it here. So I think AI in, let's say, five years could be a phenomenal tool. Quite scary in its own right, right? I think each of us as individuals should really challenge ourselves and say, well, in the future where AI is highly prolific and very advanced, what does it mean to be human? Is our role relevant? Could it be defined by artificial intelligence? Could it be completely done? Or are you still going to need to provide a human element of skill set? And what is that human element of skill set that AI could not take on, by the way? Yeah, it's getting to some pretty big thinking, right? (laughs) But given AI is such a key topic right now, and I heard it so many times at Shop Talk Europe, and it's such an enormous topic as well, rightfully so, because it's not just a topic, it's like, could be anything, right? It's like saying computing, right? <laughs> it's not one topic. But above all, if the metaverse was last year's buzzword and so easily discarded, how do we know if AI is going to be easily discarded next year? How are we going to keep it relevant, stop it getting carried away? It's a really exciting, but like I say, scary technology that we have to continue to stay abreast of. Recently, I recorded a couple of episodes that I think you might enjoy listening to. In episode 223, I invited ChatGPT as my guest onto the podcast. That's right, you can hear ChatGPT. And we were discussing AI and the future of retail, so check that episode out. And then 
the following episode 224, I was sharing my own 10 thoughts on AI in retail. And then the final theme that I was inspired by at Shop Talk Europe was around transformation and the fact that it's still tough, really tough, really hard. Collaboration and alignment across the organization is crucial. Defining the operating model as retail becomes more complex, but it's still valuable for delivering consistent operations, especially as you look at a nationwide business or even international operations as well. Finding and proving and realizing the value behind any given transformation is critical. You've got to play a balancing act between a huge number of different factors and different initiatives as well. And actually finding the right problem and the right solution to the right problem is as important now as it ever has been, arguably more so. And there are so many different directions that you could take a transformation in. It's not an easy journey, but with all these different directions, overwhelm continues to be a risk, both in terms of mental health for yourself and those around you, change capacity, as well as productivity and performance impact if you're being spread too thinly, right? Prioritization is a crucial, crucial skill. And actually, I think the fact that there are so many different options to choose from, as long as you do choose, actually, I think it could help differentiation in the marketplace. In the highly competitive world we live in right now, if everyone was focused on the same products, the same solutions, actually, there would be less opportunity in the market and it would likely favor just the biggest companies that can negotiate harder, get better discounts on raw materials, customer acquisition costs, etc., etc. So I think actually choosing the right direction, choosing the right transformation for you can allow you to be different, can allow you to focus on your particular customer segment and your unique value to add. But nevertheless, Driving progress is tough. You know, it feels like wading through treacle. And if this is a concern or a challenge for you, if you know you need to drive retail transformation and you're struggling, then reach out. My accelerator and navigator services are there to help you. Plus, you should know that I have a book coming that will also help drive this forward. It's called Driving Retail Transformation. It's a playbook or a guide about how to lead and navigate through the complex and challenging, but hugely rewarding journey of transformation and business change. I shared a little bit more about some of the themes that we pick up in the book. That was in the last episode, episode 237. And I also opened up the opportunity for a very limited time only to join the beta reading group, where you can get early eyes on and play a part in shaping this book so it drives maximum value for the industry. If you'd be interested in finding out more about that beta reading group, email me oliver.banks at obandco.uk and I'll put my email on the show notes for you as well. And like I say, reach out about the accelerator and navigator services as well if you're looking for something a little more bespoke, a little more prescribed for your unique situation. If you know that you just have to deliver that transformation. So those are my five key reflections from Shop Talk Europe 2023. It was a brilliant three days. There was so much crammed into it. So many brilliant conversations and thoughts. And it's not the last you'll hear about Shop Talk Europe either. So we'll revisit this conversation 
in a few episodes time. And if you were there at the event, I would love to hear your thoughts, your takeaways as well. You know, everyone had a very different event based on their interests, based on their priorities, right? Which is the way it should be. So listen, head over to the show notes at obandco.uk slash 238. You'll find all of those episodes that we've referenced today. I'm not going to go through them again. There were quite a few, so they're all over for you on the show notes obandco.uk slash 238 and remember to sign up for the retail transformation briefing to keep your finger firmly on the pulse of the retail market and message me on LinkedIn or reach out via email oliver.banks at obandco.uk to find out more about those two services accelerator and navigator or if you're interested in joining the beta reading group for my upcoming book, Driving Retail Transformation. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you investing your precious time to listen to the podcast and to engage in conversation outside as well, right? Thank you so much. And I look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.